yep. himself minimum wage, he don't need the bus. Start your car with the fog, keys are bust. Want something larger? You should see our truck. Yeah. But if you're bored, there's more than four wheels on Musk. Cop on his rocket if you want to feel the Elon thrust. Blood, sweat, and tears. Hello and welcome to Oops I Talked Politics, the left-wing political podcast where we talk about politics and sometimes pop culture. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And the news has been so crazy that we're not even going to dip into current events and we're going to talk about a broader topic this time. Because we're... It's just... It's been a crazy couple days. Guys, do you think I'm going to get immunity granted to me next? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like anyone can get it. Seemingly anyone, because everybody has dirt. But that's besides the point. (laughs) So we are going to talk about Space Station Silicon Valley, right guys? My favorite N64 game. I didn't know that is. It's not my favorite, but it's good. So we want to talk about Silicon Valley because it's... I find it very interesting because I feel like a lot of people think it's like filled with like liberal elites. And then a lot of people also don't think that at all. There's a lot of people that hate it. The thing is, like, people uh, look at... California in general, like, it's funny because people look at it and they're like, look at this liberal bastion utopia. And Silicon Valley is like, is, like, representative of that. But um, if you if you know much about like, California, like, uh, most of the people fighting the wildfires right now are $2 a day. That sounds out. $2 an hour uh, inmates uh, with no uh, workers' comp uh, mm-hmm. fighting the fires instead of actual firefighters. And that, that experience won't translate to actual firefighter work at all. So it's basically slave labor. Uh, you realize that California is uh, not the liberal utopia people uh, on the right especially proclaim it as... And when you dig into Silicon Valley, it's the same story because there's still capitalists at the end of the day. Sly, are you telling me if you uh, took over and became it became your communist utopia, you wouldn't use Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan as slave labor to fight forest fires? <laughs> that is besides the point, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's allowed for them because they are the scum of the earth. Yeah, th- those are the okay. called gulags and communists. Uh, that's what we encourage. Yeah. Okay. Political enemies are the real vermin. Yeah, they <laughs> should be used as slave labor. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like it's this it's 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 a lot of instances like that. Like California's not allowed to uh, increase taxes about a two thirds vote or something shit like that. There's all these rules uh, creating like this libertarian uh, society in California and Silicon Valley. A lot of the people there are also have the libertarian streak, especially yeah. the idea of the um, Randy and Superman, which people mm-hmm. ascribe to Elon Musk. And he's now proving it was erroneously ascribed to Elon Musk. <laughs> so who is he? I want to talk about Elon Musk, who I describe as if Trump and the Galaxy Brain meme had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's fair. I think that's really harsh. <laughs> I don't care because here's the thing that I want to say about Elon Musk. I think he's like a Donald Trump type figure, but for intellectuals. And the reason why I say that is because he has a lot of similar kind of styles and talking points. I'm not saying he believes the same things. He has, a cult, of personality. He has a cult of personality around him, too. He has a cult of personality, okay. but there are yeah. more parallels than that, too. Mm-hmm. And I just want to start with Elon. So Elon Musk is a big Silicon Valley guy. He runs. He's the CEO and owner of SpaceX and Tesla. So SpaceX wants to go to space, like in they're like the private company that's pushing like for to go to Mars, and Tesla is pushing solar panels and electric cars, and he b- became super rich and famous when he he was one of the co-founders of PayPal, which when mm-hmm. eBay bought PayPal they bought it for like ten billion dollars, so that's like when he like rose up the ranks, and the reason why I say he's a lot like Trump is because he has that cult of personality, like Sly said. And he says a lot of things that he kind of is just like, this is what we should do without kind of thinking, is it necessarily possible? And yeah, he has more grounding in the stuff he says because he is like, you know, an inventor and a scientist. But he, I'm going to get to some of his claims in a little bit, but I want to talk about his political beliefs first because he is like the most like centrist meme figure that (laughs) I've seen in recent pop culture. He describes himself as half Democrat, half Republican, somewhere in the middle, socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his he doesn't really back that up properly because he like advocates for a universal basic income, which is cool. But then he also he's like, I'm a socialist, but not the kind that shifts resources from most productive to least productive. 
So, like, he's a socialist that doesn't believe in wealth distribution? <laughs> it's also worth noting that uh, UBI in general is becoming, like, an idea on the, on the libertarian uh, wing for whatever reason. I guess as a compromise uh, with allowing people to grow exponentially gigantic and hogging up the resources. Yeah, I guess. And he, like, he supports a tax rate of 40%, but wants that on consumption taxes, not income taxes. And, but he does support the estate tax, so like it's his views seem all over the place to me. Or maybe they're very half Democrat, half Republican. Forty percent <laughs> consumption tax. Yeah, which is like he also said that he's a he's a socialist and Karl Marx is a capitalist. Sure, but okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> By the way, I Trump. He also tweets random shit, dumb shit, and people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So. Yeah. Which, so, which he's tweeting on Ambient, apparently. Yeah, well, I'm going to actually get to that. Everyone on Ambient lately. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Roseanne, Elon Musk, the big two. <laughs> so he said, like, like, so when, before Donald Trump was elected, he criticized him by saying, I feel a bit stronger that he's probably not the right guy. <laughs> okay, hot, <laughs> Harsh hot words, take. harsh condemnment. He also said he, he stuck with him until the, the climate change. Accord, yeah, accord. yeah. So after the election, he said Rex Tillerson was a good pick for Secretary of State, which cool. okay, I guess. <laughs> and then yeah, he was part of a he was part of like a panel that was advising the president where he said like the more voices of reason he hears the better, which is, you know, I think a fair point, whether or not I agree with it is irrelevant. But mm. then he resigned from that in June 2017 after we withdrew from the Paris agreements. Wasn't Tim Cook on that panel too? I believe a lot of so. a, a lot of people were. And it's funny, even after the climate change accord thing, they were like, "We're leaving, except for tax cuts. We're gonna stay here to resolve those issues." <laughs> but we're, aside from that, we're leaving. Yeah. He recently, it came out that he does a lot of lobbying, gives a lot of money to both Democrats and Republicans. And when pushed on it, yeah, but when pushed on it, he says, in order to have your voice be heard in Washington, you have to make contribution, which like is a very Trump thing to say, because during the debates, he was like, I bought politicians. That's why I know Mm. how to end it. And the more people looked doing that, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the more people looked into it, they were like, well, you did contribute to George W. Bush's reelection campaign. And, but then you also contributed to Obama's, but now you give a bunch of money to Marco Rubio and <laughs> like, and they're like, but so you're going to resign over the Paris agreements, but you give money to Marco Rubio and also the national Republican congressional committee, which is like pretty, they, they heavily funded like Michelle Bachman, who's like the most anti-science person I can think of. Mm-hmm. Like, like Trump too. Like we, we, we mentioned that uh, Musk goes from uh, issue to issue and he's changing from left to right. Trump did the same thing, especially before the election and he was, he was campaigning. This really does sound like the profile of someone that is half Republican, half Democrat, where you keep yeah. flip-flopping all over the place because you have no, like, core belief on how the world operates. Yeah, yeah, and also, he, Trump also donated both Republicans and Democrats. Like, he mm-hmm. bragged about how he, he bought off the Clintons and stuff like that. So, same kind of shit going on here. Now, yeah. one, of, one of the things that I had the hardest time with, like, because I really liked Elon Musk a few years ago because I was like, this is so cool. He's actually investing in, like, cheaper green energy and all these things. And I thought, like naively that like oh he's gonna like overhaul every industry and we're all gonna be safe from well, climate well, people, change people everyone thought he was gonna be the savior of humanity and yeah. people still probably will say that and one of the things that i'm really torn because he's very against nationalization of goods and he's like very in favor of privatization because like you know he feels like he can do a better job than any than you know like the, the government's government. doing yeah yeah, but one thing that's really interesting is he does keep, like, pushing these ideas that he makes sound like they're these groundbreaking ideas when they're not at all. Like, he was talking about public transit that would go from set places to places and pick up people that only have to go certain places. And people are like, those are buses. You just tell <laughs> yeah. you, those are buses. Or he's like, what if we put efficient trains underground so that they don't take up, like, land that we can use for goods? It's like, yeah, that's a subway that exists. Yes. Yeah, but I think I think that it's talking about the Hyperloop, right? Which is, like, not a train. It's, like, pressure tubes or something. Yeah, but, like, a lot of times the way he pitches it, it's like he acts like he's, like, inventing this whole concept. And also he's he's uh, he's suggesting infrastructure, like, building infrastructure for all his ideas while, like, like most of the stuff he suggests, like, electric cars is an example. Like, instead of investing in electric cars, you can invest in more subways and buses, and that will actually reduce congestion. But, I mean, I would say issues. you could do both. 
Yes, but uh, the reason why electric cars have become so popular is because they're the capitalist alternative to having buses and trains. Well, buses and trains only work in major cities, though. Like, yeah. Well, that's the because we don't have building infrastructure. Like, we don't have we don't have a single bullet train or any of that kind of stuff like they have in other countries. Like, mm. we have we have we uh we have they've always advanced they've always advanced technologies in uh, railroads and stuff like that, and we don't have any of that. And you're saying I will. I will definitely agree that bullet trains should be in the U.S., yeah. but uh, the U.S., compared to these countries you're talking about, which is mm-hmm. like Japan and most of Western Europe, these are very urban countries. We, but we are, have zero are, in this country. I know, but yeah. what I'm saying is 85% of people don't live in a major city. Like, uh, Yes, but we have zero. Of, this entire country, all the liberal urban areas have zero of, of these uh, Which areas. He, we, we he agrees even, with you there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We should have those, but that's not the solution to make America. Yeah, that like we should yeah. have some, but like to say that that yeah. should be our whole focus. I know, but is, the thing yeah. is, the reason why the electric cars are being pushed is to entirely replace the idea of any urban uh, enhancement whatsoever. The fact, and, and, and that's uh, uh, indicted by. No, the I don't necessarily agree with that. Then why the fuck? If you look at actual uh, electric cars, if you look at it the way it is, there's no way for an electric car to gauge the difference between plastic bag. In, uh, or some or some kind of obstruction in the road versus civilian. So right now, one reason why Uber had uh, is having controversy is. Are you talking about self-driving cars? Yeah, or self-driving cars? cars. The reason why the self-driving cars are, 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 are I guess, what I'm getting to, because uh, with Tesla, they're going hand in hand. The idea that self-driving cars and electric cars should come should uh, be packaged together. What with self-driving cars? I guess I should segue to that. With self-driving cars, which are being packaged with electric cars. Uh, they can't detect obstructions of the road and discern them from uh, regular people. So the idea is either cars, these cars will have to stop every five seconds, basically, or they'll have to ignore certain obstructions. So Uber got in trouble because they ran over a person. And now there's always, and, and, and there's really no way around that. There's really no camera or radar to get around that problem. So there's a reason why they're investing all this money to solve what might be an unsolvable problem when they could just invest in fucking public transportation. But the thing is, I think what Phil's point is, is as New Yorkers, I completely agree that like our public transportation needs to be completely overhauled and it is absolutely disgusting the way that it's set up. And like, I totally agree that there is a real good argument to make about like self-driving cars and electric cars are like the bourgeois answer that leaves the working class with shitty trains to fall apart. But as a whole nation, that's as not... a whole nation. We have to, first of all, as a whole nation, we have to reform our transportation system because we have uh, urban sprawl, which any uh, city planner will tell you is uh, just, uh, it's just complete waste. We have all this land and all it is is road. There's no, uh, there's no public transportation anywhere. There's no, there's food deserts, there's all this stuff. Basically, from a city planning, these, these, this, so much of the country is wasted, and there's no effort whatsoever to fix this problem. Basically, since the 80s, uh, uh, this issue has been, has been like talked about, and no one has ever done any more, because since the 80s, there's been less and less emphasis on public transportation and reforming it. And all there is is talk about uh, uh, luxury cars and all the other stuff, because they're trying to avoid the conversation, because uh, admitting you need to improve these infrastructures, admitting that you need more uh, public inf- uh, investment and there'll be more tax I mean all this stuff and Silicon Valley guys are explicitly against that kind of stuff I think that's but, that's, that's a fair and that's fair but again like these the, the urban sprawl thing probably you're talking about affects a lot of people but when you compare it to other countries like Greece for example Athens has a third of Greece's population in that city literally of the whole country or Tokyo has like uh, 10% of the whole country's population a city like New York City which is twice yes, as but, big as yeah, the second and, biggest and, and city the fact is even you're, you're saying like all these cities but recent but that the cities themselves have these issues. Like, if we had great cities yes. and no and no and like no issues else, I would agree with you. Like, we have to. Have, I can't expect the moon, but I think it's very clear that the question isn't the question isn't uh, can it's possible to do the whole country. The question is, should we do it at all? And I think the answer for a lot of people uh, is no. We shouldn't do it at all. We should invest in these capitalist solutions instead. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're not arguing that New York shouldn't do these things. Yeah, but I, the, I'm not saying that, you are. I'm saying that Silicon Valley got ties believes that. Okay, that's fair. And that to go back to Elon Musk. The, one of the reasons why I think he's an interesting figure when we talk about these kind of public transportation things is he's very clear that he feels that the private sector is what should handle all of these issues and not the public sector. And interest of privatizing like everything is I read a whole personality like uh, like a whole what's the word I'm looking for? They, like, interviewed him and, like, they got into, like, his psyche a little bit. And the analysis was that so much of his decisions are, like, 
based around this idea that like if you're rich and successful you shouldn't have to like you should be able to like do whatever you want and not have to like mingle with poorer people (laughs) and i don't know if i necessarily agree that he feels that way but like this idea that like the private sector you should if you have enough money you should be able to travel however you want use whatever technology you want and that like there, like, it, 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 I should point out that when asked why we should use his solution instead of buses, he did basically say, well, there's poor people on buses. He didn't say exactly, exactly the word, yeah, but, he but said, that's there's like... All that, these, it, there's all these it, people there. It's all you have to do. The buses and the train schedule. It's all... It's so fucking gross. Yeah. And the reason why I think he's important to talk about now is because when we talk about him as this, like, you know, inventor who's going to reinvigorate, like, you know, the green market, like when we talk about electric cars and stuff, some of the stuff that both on Twitter, like you were saying earlier or in his business practices, I think are important to note, don't exactly line up with what we view as this like humanitarian figure. So one of the things that I want to talk about is his, the working conditions, not necessarily the working conditions, but how he structures like his pay and how he treats his employees, where there was uh, a couple insiders went on the record with the New York Post and they said that working for Elon Musk is a shit show is the exact quote. And they basically said he talks about doing being a socialist and doing good for mankind unless you work for them. And what he said was he basically every time he sets these like goalposts or figures to get people to work for him, he keeps moving them to kind of screw his employees over and over again, where somebody was one of the workers had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year job and he took a cut where he said he i'll work for tesla and get a base salary of thirty four thousand a year because elon promised him these commissions based on these sales and all these projected sales models and another person was supposed to get forty two thousand dollars worth of commission based on our contract but they said oh we had to change the goal and we're only going to give you $4,000 worth of commission. And that's a huge difference, 42 to 4. And one of the reasons why is they keep moving his goalposts where he was like, we're going to have 5,000 Model 3s out by the end of June for sale. And that's like the most popular model that people are looking to buy because it's like the relatively affordable one. It's in like the 40,000s, which relative to other Teslas is very cheap. But out of those 5,000... 4,300 of them had problems that they had to be reworked and reprogrammed and re-put together. So that means they only had a 14% success rate. So if you're trying to make commission sales and you only get 14% of your product, that is, you can't live on that. And to compare that to other car companies, usually car companies have about an 80% success rate on their car models. So like 14, not super good. And to bolster morale to show how much he, like, cares and how he's working with them, even though he's, like, like a super rich guy, he sent everyone in his company pictures of him sleeping on a couch at the office and say, see, I'm working just as hard as you guys. Look at this couch. I can't even get a bed for myself here. And... One of the biggest parallels that I saw to Trump was he has boardroom meetings where he just berates everybody and then ex- and then asks them all to praise him. So, like, one of them, he mo- most recently had a big scandal because he just tweeted that he's thinking of making Tesla go private and he has, a, he has funding secured at $420 a stock. And he did say that he was, he had it secured for 418 or 419, <laughs> but he thought 420 was funnier. So he said 420. But within within a couple days of him tweeting that, the SEC is completely investigating mm-hmm. him because they think he just made that up so that his stock would go up because it did go up 11% that day because yes. it was at like it was about 320-ish. And then he was like, oh, I have someone's going to buy the whole company for 420 a share. So everybody bought it up. And they're investigating that if he lied about that, then he could, you know, that could be a huge, that's a (laughs) crime. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is not the only time um, Elon Musk has has done that. Uh, He would, like, he uses his tweets. And uh, if you look at the the Tesla stock, there'll be a buyout right before he tweets. And he'll tweet and it'll be a massive uh, jump. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have suspected that he's been manipulating the stock with his tweets for a while. When his investors and his shareholders had meetings with him and they asked him questions about like this funding and stuff, he just said they were a bunch of boneheads and was like, I don't need to answer <laughs> to you. Even though that's like kind of what shareholders like jobs are. And it's are. very Trump himself, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And they also say that apparently he just takes Ambien all the time, like you guys said, and like they're like really not sure if he like is going to hold it together for much longer. And this New York Times interview I read with him, he 
was just like, yeah, like I, I spent the whole day, my whole birthday in my office and I don't even have any friends anymore. And it really seems like he said this like, has been his worst year. Not doing Losing super great. It sounds. Yeah. 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 Yes. I, 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 I should uh, point out. And the reason why he's tr- like Trump is he's kind of a chronic fuck up. Uh, PayPal, like people point out PayPal, look at the success story of PayPal um, for PayPal. What happened was it was actually a little got a business. So what happened was when he went on vacation, Elon Musk, uh, his his board of directors actually fired him and replaced him with Peter Thiel, and that's when PayPal started turning a profit. Mm. So like the, his his board was like, this guy's fucking up our company. We have to get rid of him. Uh, SpaceX is mostly eighty uh, percent of its funding is to the government, so it's just privatization of public money. Uh, Tesla is probably gonna go to bad, bad business soon, and because uh, it can produce, it's trying to produce one model car at, at the at a rate of what uh, like what, uh, at at the rate of a normal car company, and it can't even do that. But we, it's, despite that, it's making its share is two hundred twenty-two uh, share on the stock market, while actual car companies have like ten dollars a share in the stock market. Car companies that make multiple models very efficiently mm-hmm. at an eighty percent success rate. Their stock is so, so low while Tesla is so, so inflated. Just yeah, whereas, like, he promised the Model 3 car, I think it's been, like, yeah. two or three years yeah. since yeah. he's had delivered. Yeah, so he's a, he's a very good example of how uh, the stock market artificially keeps these companies pumping. And, like, so Tesla, by, by any objective metric, like, people, when the cars have come out, people have looked at it, and, they, uh, and professional car companies have looked at it and said, I have not seen a car this poorly made since like <laughs> 90s I, I, 90s uh, Kias. They were saying like the pieces like just don't fit right like for yeah for those 86% of cars. Yeah. Some part, important parts are made out of plastic and they break immediately and and of course when objective uh, people are looking at these and saying these are bad just bad cars the Elon Musk crowd comes in and say you're just trying to uh, go after him fuck you and just, just like just like Trump like these, these, these brainwashed masses come and defend them saying fake news uh, media bad media. Well, I have a question for you guys, uh, partially defending Elon Musk here. If if we're looking at, if we're comparing these uh, super business, like billionaire businessmen who just do whatever they want with their companies, is it not, is it not better that instead of having someone who's just like, I'm going to make the next uh, entertainment thing, to have someone who even maybe though he fucks up, trying to make future tech that is potentially for the betterment of humanity, whether or not it works, rather than someone who's just like, I'm going to make the next iPad. I think, I think the, the work that he does, like the actually, like if he can actually deliver on any of the stuff that he says. Well, well SpaceX, Sly brings up a good point that it's largely government funded, but it also is very, it has been innovating in space, in the space field for the past uh, five or six years now in ways that um, other space companies and NASA have not. Yeah, what I'm saying that I think that the work he does is important and good, but his personality and his personal oh, yeah. views get so in the way that I think, like, giving him all the credit and being like, he's the one who could save us is a, a worrying and problematic way to look at it. Yeah. Where, like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't look at the advancements he's made in space technology and electric cars. Cause like I've watched a lot of his like reveals and press conferences and stuff. And if his cars can do half of what he says they can, they will, they, they, they really can't. will. They but can't. I'm saying, I'm not saying now, <laughs> but I'm saying if like, this is why science they're, they're, works. They'll probably go out of business before any of his. Uh, okay. Fans. But that doesn't mean that like the solar panels that he has designs for it disappear from the entire public and, and, memory. And I really do want to stress the, the SpaceX thing because that has probably been his biggest success, I think. Yeah, and in and, 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 and the free market, it would have crashed and died. And that's a testament to how public funding to uh, fund risky ventures like uh, space exploration, which one of the reasons why uh, SpaceX is doing well is because, you know, it's able to offset its massive losses from failed uh, launches and stuff like that with government money. But uh, Elon Musk takes that money and then turns around and argues why uh, uh, we should be using libertarian solutions for these problems. Yes, I'm. Sa- that's why I'm saying, like, a lot of the research he's done has been good research that we should continue to build off of. I'm just saying that, like, we should just because somebody is good at science doesn't mean that there's someone that we should listen yeah. to for. Like, he might be good at space, doesn't mean we should let him build rich only subways. That's what I was gonna say earlier. Like, he he has his PhD in like astrophysics or something, and like when it, when these like new uh, rockets are are revealed or like the 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 drone barges that are catching the reusable rockets, like he he comes up with a lot of that stuff. But like that is probably where he should stay mm-hmm. and not uh, being like, here's my views like, on like politics. Like if you're a neurosurgeon, you should probably not be the head of <laughs> urban planning. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, yeah. like, I think my thesis on him is that 
when someone like this, a like I, I would say like a brilliant inventor that's also an idiot, when they are reined in by government funding and government res- government based research, they can make a lot of huge advancements. That doesn't necessarily mean that we should let them take over every single part of everything. Mm-hmm. My my hot take is that a lot of these, if you look at most Silicon Valley companies, they'll talk about we have we have to save the way to serve these industries. Most of the time, it means uh, people labor taking huge pay cuts, uh, crushing unions, and uh, creating these cultural personalities. Like at, at Tesla, if you go to apply for a job at Tesla, they'll really they'll, they'll question. They'll demand you have to be loyal to Elon Musk in order to be uh, eligible. But, but that's what I'm saying. You can't be just a, a good physicist who is looking for a job. And uh, and uh, this, this whole mentality of Silicon Valley is uh, make people's lives work worse and increase overall, overall happiness with workers just for the sake of this, this nebulous promise that it's for, the, it's for the greater good of mankind, humanity. And in reality, uh, they'll, these companies will do more if they tr- just treated... Uh, their, their employees fairly and gave them a reasonable uh, wage and were slightly smaller. It's like most companies. They're slightly smaller but treat our companies for fair living wage and make sure they've taken care of like four company, like four more companies in the past, make sure they can actually afford the products they're selling and stuff like that. Uh, then it will do more to help humanity than these nebulous promises of uh, we're going to save humanity. And I will admit, Elon Musk has, uh, the biggest thing he's done is change the conversation a lot of these things, increase interest in, in these, in these uh, technologies like solar panels, uh, supposedly his batteries are still good, even if the rest of the Tesla's uh, cars are shit. But uh, still, uh, for all for, for all the hype he's given, he it's like maybe like twenty percent he deserves. But but that's still like what science is always like a collaborative effort, like of society coming together to do these things, and that's why I think someone yeah, like and, him. And, and no, but I I really disagree with the idea that because if people imagine, I, I well the problem is I don't believe we're gonna be in space anytime soon, and if we are. It's gonna be but a massive... people underestimate how many scientific advancements come from NASA that don't have to do with space. Uh, most of it's going. I think most of it's going to go to the very rich. Uh, I think you're going to solve more problems by alleviating poverty, and you're going to do that more by treating, take care of your employees. I, I wonder if, like, if if his 500 workers in his company are paid better, is that is that more important than having a solar panel technology for the rest of the world? Well. The, the, the... You act like he's the only one that can be solar power. Most of most of his hype is just building up hype for this. Like he does have uh, on his free time with tweeting. Like he doesn't have to uh, uh, crush his employees. Like his actual like the like I said the percentage of, of the technology he pushes. Uh, like the, the batteries and the solar panels are good. Most most of the rest of it like uh, it's 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 most of his hype. Like yeah, but you're still getting. Advanced. So you think we should just crush employees and never just hope that the so rich I, will get better? Why, why do you have to jump to no. the extreme? That's no, not what we're saying No, because I fucking at all. hate this shit. That idea that. People should be crushed now to... That's not what we're saying. Yeah, but it is what you're supporting by now, by not being against this mentality, because that's what they support. No, we are against this mentality, but we're No, you're saying... not, because if you're, if you're saying, this is all for the greater good, that's what they want. They want you to be like, it's for the greater good, so we should allow it, when reality is most of their efforts is to just crush and ignore... Like, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Disruption. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm saying you're tasked with supporting it by not going against it. What it's I'm hard. saying is... That's what is... they're saying. What I'm saying is... I know, I'm saying that's what they're saying, and you're tacitly supporting it by not going hard enough on it. No, that's... I, you're not, this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm saying that's what they're saying. Okay, and I think that's wrong. But I think that someone like Elon Musk shows that just because someone is really popular when the government backs them and regulates their industry, that that doesn't mean that they should be given free reign in the private sector. That's all I'm saying. That's all I want to say. So, Phil, what about other Silicon Valley figures, aside from someone as controversial and divisive as Elon Musk? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we were mentioning how the, the crushing the workers and how we think that's a good thing. Uh, but actually, I don't think it's a good thing because one of the things I want to talk about was that um, Silicon Valley is notoriously anti-union because many of these big Silicon Valley uh, titans are very libertarian. And for a long time, they've been able to get away with this because in the engineering profession they know that's the people you have to treat well so like google and all these other companies will they treat their engineers well they pay them well they give them perks they take them out to dinner well they're doing, they're doing that for now because there's not enough engineering degrees but that's also why they push a lot of silicon valley types push for more engineering degrees so they can crush their pay too eventually yeah and that's like Sly said it's just because they have to now because those people can just go and find another job at another big tech company yeah, like one thing to point out is the last data point i have about tesla is in just the past couple months, according to LinkedIn, like LinkedIn data, 46 
like higher in the food chain people went from Tesla to Apple. So like you are seeing that like demand of like when they're not treated poorly, they do leave and can get jobs elsewhere in Silicon Valley. And that's why it's been very hard to convince uh, when, when unions have tried to uh, convince engineers to join, they've been they've had a really hard time because these people are like, if if the company doesn't treat me right, I will leave and I can. It's not hard to find another job that pays me well. So in the engineering sector, they they've been doing fine there, but in a lot of their other sectors, they have been really uh, against the idea of unions. This in 2016, Bjorn Westergaard was an engineer, and this company called Lantix, Latinx. I don't know what it is, Lantix maybe. <laughs> Basically, they tried to start a union and all of them got fired from it. And it's and he's saying like they said it's because of their cutting costs or whatever. But really, this whole industry is very anti-union. So we often focus on the on the domestic side of it. But what I also wanted to talk about was the the foreign effect, uh, the global effect rather of um, Silicon Valley tech. Because you know we probably all when we think of you know iPhones or at least for me when I think of iPhones, I think of Foxconn factories in China where the workers are trying to kill themselves to not. Because you have to live there, and you have curfew, and you're not allowed to have visitors. And... Just like Elon Musk, right? Locked in his office. Yeah, right. He's, he's definitely equal. <laughs> and before you even get to China, though, um, every basically every single computer chip in the whole world has two rare elements in it, rare earth minerals, uh, cobalt, and the other one is something else with a C that is not, one sec, coltan. Zoltan. Yeah, Zoltan. Coltan and, <laughs> and cobalt are both uh, rare minerals that are mostly mined in the Democratic Republic of Congo area. And so if you know anything about the Democratic Republic of Congo, they've been having civil war since like 1998 or something like that. So the people actually who are mining these minerals are largely uh, children, like eight, 8 to 13 years old, that are being forced to do it by like militias and local government um, forces who then force kids and other mistreated workers to go into mines to work without equipment to die in accidents and uh, beat them if they're not getting enough of it. And then they take that cobalt and coltan and they sell it to Chinese companies who then ship it over to China and have basically Chinese slaves. Um, maybe, I don't, I don't want to compare like who's worse slave. Probably <laughs> a, a little less I worse. say labor like you're going to... Yeah, just all exploited on some level. Yeah, that's how China gets their cheap products. So maybe they're a little bit better treated, but you wouldn't go to bat for their human. No, not not at all. Humanitarian respect. Yeah. And so then these these teenagers in in Congo are mining these minerals that then get sent over to teenagers in China to make the parts that then go get sent over to America for Apple to sell for nine hundred dollars a tablet and then to make American workers work at their Apple stores for like $11 an hour selling the stuff where Apple makes, um, you know, record profits every goddamn year. They were just the first company to hit a trillion, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. They have more, I mean, you know, they have more money than the treasury. That's something. They have twice, I think they have twice as much as the treasury actually. Um, and they, they pay lower tax rates than most American families. Um, their workers are making $11 an hour. Again, not the engineers, but the, the surrounding apparatus that sells these overpriced products are making you know so little money that they would qualify for you know food stamps and medicaid and by the way the, the, the engineers are the most bougiest uh, workers like the people doing actual labor are the ones being exploited the most yeah it's hard to like it's one of those things it's hard to say like you know i, I don't like to say like actual work because you know if you're the one work but like uh there's a difference between bougie work and uh hard labor but if but if you're the one making the product like the, the people doing the hard labor are not going to have a job you know job like, creators Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, uh, maybe it's better than starvation or being exploited for your life until you die. Uh, pick your poison. Yeah. So my point, I guess, is you know we can come in and say, well, oh, there's no ethical consumption over under capitalism. But when you, when I'm buying a T-shirt, I actually can get it locally uh, made. You can get you can get a local materials and someone to make it here for a decent wage, and you'll pay more than a you know an eight dollar Walmart T-shirt. But you can actually, there actually is much more ethical consumption in many other industries. With Silicon Valley, like we've talked products, about that with food too. Like you can yeah. actually buy local food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know everyone likes to say, oh, oh if I would, yeah, if I go to Whole Foods, it's like nine dollars for a cucumber. But that's that's bullshit. I mean, honestly, it, you'd pay a little bit more, but it's not like you'd pay fifty percent more going to get uh, locally sourced products. But like, how, is it, does, does that, does that solution make yourself feel better, or does it actually do anything solve the problem of this exploitative market? 
it makes you less part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, I guess, wrap it up is most of these companies in Silicon Valley are making record profits in the past 10, 15 years. Um, it's a booming industry right now, even if it is, a, even if it's not sustainable. And they, the CEOs of these companies are billionaires. But if you look at their their supply chain, many of them don't even try to track it because they know if they fucking track it, it goes to child labor mm-hmm. in Congo. Like Microsoft was asked, "Hey, where does your cobalt come from?" And they're like, "It's too hard to figure out where, so we just get it." Yeah, you were saying that there's no like there's no alternative to trying to. Whereas you can buy like food locally or get your clothes made locally. It's like, yeah. how do you get right. computer parts for a tech company locally? Exactly. So when you, it's not like we as consumers have a, have a, a much more ethical option. If you want to buy a smartphone, uh-huh. there's cobalt in there and that's probably coming from Congo. Yep. Like yeah. you're not really getting electronics in a, in a way that is ethically or even remotely ethically sourced. And, you know, so we can argue like how much can these companies do about it? Could they force the Congolese government to enforce labor laws there? Cause it, it's not like cobalt is a very common mineral Mm -hmm. but they could they could actually say we're not buying your shit unless you tighten up your regulations unless china starts you know uh tightening the regulations on their workers or you know something like that we're not going to buy your your resources but they obviously are not going to do that because you can sell uh, a piece of glass with a computer chip in it for nine hundred dollars. So yeah, and you'd also have all the yeah. competitors would be like, "Well, we're still yeah. going to do it." And then now, yeah, you're you're out of business. Yeah, yeah. The only way to to do that is if you actually had the public choose that. Yeah, and like like at a yeah. massive level, and yeah. I don't see that happening. Yeah. So yeah, that is what I have to say about Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, I had to bite my tongue to not say more about. Uh, individual solutions to these problems but <laughs> transitioning to my topic so you know phil says uh, we need to create jobs and stuff like that but one of the arguments of communists like myself is how much of this money is made up in bullshit and just to make themselves rich and how much of it is needed for functioning and uh the stock market is like a big example of that because it's all made up money it's all bullshit and this yeah. example of that is a company called theranos uh, so apparently the three of you don't know anything about Theranos, but some people, some of your listeners might, depending on how caught up they are in the Silicon Valley news. <laughs> it was a big, it was a big story back in the day, and still kind of ongoing. Uh, but uh, so Theranos, what uh, was uh, chief executive was a woman named Elizabeth Holmes, and and the, and uh, the company's valuation became nine nine billion. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes' net worth was four point five billion in twenty fifteen, so and she was considered. The world's youngest self-made female billionaire. So people were like, wow, progressiveness. Uh, look at Silicon Valley, so progressive. First uh, self-made female billionaire. Mm-hmm. And so she, 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 her, she, every Silicon Valley bullshit story has like, I'm trying to save the world. I'm trying to change the world. And they always start with like a simple childhood vision. Uh, Steve Jobs said he hated buttons. So that's why well, we have the touch screens now because uh, Steve Jobs hated buttons. Such an I'm going to change the world because I fucking hate <laughs> buttons. And uh, Elizabeth Holmes said she hated needles. So I'm going to get rid of needles. Oh, I do know about yes. this. <laughs> so she accepted. So she became, uh, she started studying chemical engineering, uh, but she dropped out in her second year to uh, start a company called Real Time Cures. That, the company eventually became Theranos. The original concept was a wearable device that would monitor a patient, administer medicine, and adjust the dosage as needed. So it would be like a, a bracelet that would monitor your health and give you medicine. Which fe- and, seems fairly creative. Uh, except it's fucking possible. Like, and, <laughs> like, that's the thing about Silicon Valley. A lot of it is just literally bullshit. And this was so bullshit that even she was like, I, I, oh, it's bullshit. Like, yeah, this, no is, make... this is a fascinating story. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about because I, it's it's such an indictment of the stock market, of Silicon Valley, of excess wealth. So much, just any, when you have so much wealth and you you have no incentive to give it to your workers, and this is what, what becomes of that process. So uh, so she instead created a new, a new concept, another device called Edison uh, that will take a pinprick worth of blood, extract it from the tip of a finger, uh, instead of uh, through more, uh, uh, in, you know, intravenous means, yeah, intravenous mm-hmm. means, and you know, using the simple pinprick, it will test for hundreds of diseases. Uh, so, and there's a drop of blood for for literally hundreds of different uh, assays, like cancer and high cholesterol, at a fraction of the prevailing cost. 
And we'll be collected in nanotainers and allegedly tested in a diagnostic mini lab besides a micro oven, which is what the Edison was. Uh, that was the oven that'll be tested in. Not the oven, the, the lab will be tested in. Uh, and she called it the iPod of healthcare. And she really loved, dug into the Steve Jobs thing. Like, she wore neck, turtleneck sweaters all the time and all black. <laughs> and she even, uh, this is an accusation, but if you hear her talk, uh, people accuse her of giving herself a very masculine voice. Mm. Like, when she talks, she sounds like uh, a teenage girl trying to pretend to be her dad on the phone when, like, the principal calls. Like, oh, I'm Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, you know, that's an accusation. Uh, or it's like when I have to talk to grown-ups, <laughs> like the voice I use. Yeah, and, and that, that is actually an, uh, an, uh, a problem in business circles. Uh, women do often have to do that. Uh, they have to pretend to have a more masculine voice mm-hmm. and presentation in order to be more appealing to investors. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because that's what, you know, the strong leading men, that's what people want. So she was like... Yeah, yeah there, there's herself. a study that uh, women that spoke with a vocal fry were taken less seriously in business meetings. Yeah, yeah so uh, that's, that's another thing to know. For, uh, liberal, uh, progressive, Silicon Valley is mo- still mostly white men, and they hire mostly white men mm-hmm. still, so... Yeah, certainly. Uh, it turns out, though, that this actual uh, method was bullshit. The tiny blood sample had diluted extensively, uh, leading to artifacts and spiritual results. Uh, but uh, it didn't matter because she still got a lot of investment. Part of it was probably because her father, Christian Holmes IV, worked for the U.S. Uh, Agency for Internal Development, and her mother uh, worked as a foreign policy and defense in Capitol Hill. So because of this, she had a board of high-level political figures, such as uh, former Secretaries of State George Shultz and Henry Kissinger, Marine Corps General uh, and now Secretary of Defense James Mad Dog Mattis, I can't believe people of such high moral caliber like Kissinger and Mattis would fall for this scheme. Yeah. Also, Rupert Murdoch, too. Uh, uh, <laughs> the list par- goes on. It was partnered with Safeway and Walgreens. And, uh, and they were talking about, in 2012, uh, they were talking with the Department of Defense for using technology on a battlefield in Afghanistan. So this was, this was not like a, a joke. This was a legit thing that was happening. In 2015... Holmes is recognized by Barack Obama as a U.S. ambassador for global entrepreneurship. Vice President was there and sang her praises at the launch, the, the supposed launch in the main lab, which we let it turn out to be false. The main lab was not real at the time. Uh, so uh, the article uh, I'm reading, it talks about how uh, venture capitalists don't really know what they're doing with any certainty. It's impossible after all to truly protect the next big thing. So they bet every little bit on the company they, they can with the hope that one of them hits big. So entrepreneurs will often work on a lot of meaningless stuff, like adding apps to existing products. They claim to innovate. So basically, the, the, innovate, the, sorry, the investors are trying to f- invest in everything to make sure they have a piece of any big puzzle. Because the stock market usually grows so big that having even a tiny slice of Google or Apple when it grows big is yeah. worth investing in. So mm-hmm. they're going to get money just by this inertia. And, yeah. and the entrepreneurs are able to capitalize this by just adding apps to products, saying, oh, and you, if you go on uh, Indiegogo or GoFundMe, you'll see this all the fucking time. There are literal apps for drinking water. They have like pictures and they say it will track your water usage, this fucking water picture. And these Indiegogos are successful because people, if you put an app on anything, people will think it's the next big thing because people are desperate to have the next big thing. Yeah. Uh, and they, 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 to appeal to investors, they claim that the innovation will change the world, which appeals to the venture capitalists because the venture capitalists are, are trying to pretend they're not just there to make money, even though they actually are, but they're trying to pretend this is some kind of humanitarian effort and this is uh, compassionate capitalism. Especially when it's something like this kind of thing. If this was a real thing, yeah, it would change so many people's yes. lives. Because like, I come from a family with a history of, like diabetes, and even in just the past few years, the advancements for like the amount of blood you have to take and like where you have to take blood from and yeah. stuff to test that stuff is huge. And like, if you could... Re- show that for other diseases that and especially with like healthcare is getting more and more and more expensive and more yes. people are getting shut out of the market every year i could see why if somebody gave me this pitch and they had like fake studies that i bought into i could see wanting this thing to be real mm-hmm. like so bad i thought it was a good idea <laughs> i i feel like it's one of those things that if someone's like we can test for 100 cancers with a pinprick like you're the only person to ever figure that out <laughs> But she, but she claims like she had a solution. She had the device. It was, it was getting it to work, and she has this board of investors: Harry Kissinger, Rupert Murdoch, Safeway, Walgreens. All the people behind me. They all think it's real. We're gonna have these products in, in Walgreens. It's it, if it seems legitimate, all you have to do in a lot of these industries is, is fake legitimacy until you actually seem legitimate enough. Yeah, because that's the thing is like we all are scientific thinkers and like know that that's unreasonable and ridiculous, but like. And I'm not saying that, like, kiss, oh, poor Kissinger, he had the wolf pulled over <laughs> his eyes. 
But like, I remember, I, I just didn't remember her name or the company, but I heard like p- pitches from her like last year, like after this like scandal broke. And I remember like the way she was breaking it down. If I didn't have a skeptical eye on data and science to begin with, mm-hmm. I like, I could easily see falling for this. Yes. And part of the problem is the tech press. That's one of the reasons why Elon Musk is now probably freaking out now. It's because tech uh, tech press is always willing to play access uh, to give comfortable uh, press in order for access. And that's what they do with Elon Musk yeah. for the longest time. Uh, and that's why Elon Musk is now f- probably freaking out because now that real uh, uh, like ma- uh, car manufacturers are weighing in on his shitty cars, he's getting bad press for the first time and he's not used to that. So he doesn't know how to react to that. And that's why he goes to Twitter and says, like, we need special media that I could just make, yeah. I could censor whenever I want. Yes. And so that's what happened with Theranos. Uh, tech press was so eager to get uh, to get access to the poems. They all basically uh, were uh, singing their praises. Silicon Valley is so naturally secretive that uh, like Steve Jobs was, was very secretive with his technology and his processes. So uh, even being super secret isn't uh, like a warning sign in Silicon Valley. Holmes took investors' money on condition. She wouldn't have to reveal how terrorist technology works. Plus, she will have final say on everything to do with the company. Uh, she even took three former Theranos employees to court, claim, claiming they had misused Theranos trade secrets. So, whenever people did try to uh, talk about how the process works, she would try to t- uh, sue them. So, anyone who visited the company had to sign non disclosure agreements and had security guards following them even when they went to the bathroom. And uh, other scientists were barred from writing peer reviewed papers on the technology. Yeah, I get keeping, I get trying to keep like your technology secret to a certain extent mm-hmm. but like not letting scientists write peer-reviewed articles is yes to me very red flaggy yeah mm-hmm. and uh so and she, on top of that this is the cold mindset uh, that's very prevalent in silicon valley companies she had her assistants track when employees arrived and left every day to encourage people to work longer hours she's having dinner catered around 8 p.m every each night so she expects people to stay until 8 p.m at least uh working uh, a lot of silicon valleys like this uh the expectations that employees basically work overtime every night all the time uh, so it's why Google have they have they show all these cool like uh, like Google has like the playpen and all this cool fun stuff. It's because the expression is you work there all the time and when you are when your brain is paralyzed from working uh, twelve hour workdays, you go and play in the playpen to try to instead of going unlock. home. Yeah. Yes, and being with your family and living life. Yeah. Uh, she for explicitly uh, she largely forbade her companies from communicating with each other about what they're working on. So employees weren't able to talk about uh, what they're uh, working on with each other. Uh, Bowani, the CEO, was her boyfriend and a bully, tracking employees' whereabouts. And he, uh, Bowani and her brother, uh, had no experience in any of the fields where they were in, but they got high position because they were related to her. Or she, she, he, brother was related to her, and and, boy, and Bowani was a boyfriend. Yeah, like I mentioned, it's a, it's, it turns out this is not actually impossible. When the fingers prick, the probe breaks up cells like debris, other among other things, to escape into the fluid. And so, it's, uh, when while this feasible test of pathogens this way, a pinprick is too unreliable for obtaining more nuanced readings. Furthermore, there isn't that much reliable data that you can read from a small sample of, of blood. And uh, when people were pointing this out, uh, Holmes was like, people always say that. If you see, it's, it's kind of like Silicon Valley speak where you say, people people always say it's impossible until somebody does it. I will change the future. And that's what she went on the news saying. Except it literally wasn't possible. Uh, evidence by this was her chief scientist, uh, Ian Gibbons. He knew the results were off and definitely desperately worked to solve them. Uh, he was subpoenaed when the court cases were turned off, were suing people for revealing certain signal secrets. And Gibbons didn't want to testify because he didn't want to lie on behalf of Theranos and, and you know, to ruin this guy's life. But uh, he didn't want to destroy the company uh, by testifying against Theranos either. So he ended up committing suicide in May 16, 2013. And this was, Jeez. this was, uh, her, uh, chief scientist. Uh, it was like, he had no way to resolve this issue and he ended up killing himself. Hmm. And wow. there's there such a shitty company. They didn't even send a message to Gonzalez to the widow. All it did was send an immediate letter saying, uh, demanding her to send over all uh, the proper, all of his property immediately over to them. That's like some movie villain shit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ryan, like uh, Ryan, saw smell bullshit. But the only one in the media that was that smelled bullshit and was willing to call on it was a man called John Carreyu. He was a health reporter for Wall Street Journal that thought uh, this all smells like bullshit. It's, it, he says it's typical for uh, Silicon Valley tech sites to have this much shady behavior and to have this little oversight and this little uh, peer review. But a medical company needs that. Like it's it's one thing to fuck around with computers, but you're messing with people's health here. So yeah. he started uh, investigating further, and uh, since he was a reporter, he didn't care about access. So he, he he was willing to write an article about it. And Darren was so desperate to stop it from le- uh, leaking, 
They uh, met with him with a five-hour meeting by David Boyce, who's a Theranos member, and he was Al Gore's lawyer during the thousand uh, recount. And he went after Bill Gates in the 1990s for Monopoly. He was a head lawyer for that. So these, another really important person tied to Theranos uh, was trying to convince this guy not to go through the story. He went for five hours, and this guy said, no, I'm going to publish it anyway. And that's when her house of cards started tumbling down. Uh, so it turned out she lied to the FDA, uh, U.S. government agencies that regulate blood testing labs, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. She used, uh, she, uh, whenever people come uh, to see how it worked, she'll use traditional labs to fix the results because the actual machines uh, uh, couldn't produce real results. And she was charged by the SEC, the U.S. Security and Exchange Commission for massive fraud, had to pay $500,000 fine and return 18.9 million shares of Daniel stock. Also, was banned from being director and officer of a public trade company for 10 years. And uh, federal grand jury has indicted her in Bilwani for uh, wire fraud schemes. Regulators closed down Theranos' labs in 2016. Uh, nearly one million lab tests have been run in, after uh, nearly one million lab tests have been run in California, and Arizona. A significant of the a portion of these uh, were erroneous or had to be voided. An untold number of people were harmed by the erroneous results. Some underwent the same procedures, received misdiagnosis of serious conditions, and experienced emotional turmoil. So, and, and keep in mind, like this was all, all this money. Um, she got $4.5 billion in net worth. The company was worth $9 billion. And it was all bullshit. And uh, the stock market, everyone rewarded her until one person uh, called it down. And it all came overnight. It all came, it just stopped being true. All the money evaporated overnight. So one person truly can change the world. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk. Yeah. that that And that man was Elon <laughs> Musk. But yeah, I think this is a story that shows... Silicon Valley is the hype around Silicon Valley and the kind of damage it can lead to. And there's there's a part of me, though, that I was like, wow, someone did a bad thing and got caught and punished for it? Yeah. What yeah, a world we good. live in. <laughs> like, that actually, it worked once. Yeah. But like I said, this is not an atypical, like there's a lot of Silicon Valley yeah. doing this that we haven't been caught yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what other kind of shady stuff does silicon valley do daryl uh i don't know about shady stuff i'm more into well, what funny stuff wacky not, not funny or wacky i'm more into how people like deal with silicon valley and what it's like being there speaking of one like shady thing it's hard because sometimes you have to get into like malicious intent for it to be really shady sometimes it's just stupid like at rainbow grocery people are drinking unfiltered untreated and unsterilized spring water it costs 37 dollars uh, yes. to buy a bottle of and 15 dollars to refill it's just, this is in Silicon Valley? In natural water. Is there a spring over there? California. <laughs> it's a, I think they export it. it they, they don't. Yep, it's described uh-huh. as having a vaguely mild sweetness and smooth, a nice smooth mouthfeel. Um, but the thing is, like sometimes these companies, it's not just unique to these places. Like Live Water in Oregon does this. They make unfiltered water. Tourmaline Spring in Maine. Zero Mass Water in Arizona. Liquid Eden in San Diego. And you can buy a water collection panel from Zero Mass Water in Arizona that costs four thousand five hundred dollars to collect water Isn't from the air, like, but it'll produce not, ten oh, liters of water air. a day. Yeah, I was like, you can just get a bucket, but if it's from the air, you'll need like a cold glass. For that. <laughs> I believe the the, uh, the creator of Life Water was also like caught, like he has a history of like trying to sell bullshit stuff like this, like. Non products that appeal to hippies. There's a lot of there's a lot of different people and companies doing this. Like this is a trend that's developing in Silicon Valley is yeah. that people are drinking more real water. And according to one entrepreneur, uh, it should expire after a few months. He says if it sits around, it'll turn green. People don't realize that because their water's dead, so they never see it turn green. And he calls tap water toilet water with birth control drugs in them. Hmm. I mean, is he wrong? Where's the lie? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, besides just like buying unfiltered water with a lot of bacteria in it, prices are so exorbitant like that uh, medium rent for one bedroom apartment in San Francisco is $3,400. So you might think like, this is crazy. Why not just get a job in Oregon and like rent there since it's like $1,000 is the median rent in Oregon. But don't worry, some people do both because there's Silicon Valley workers that have been that rent houses in Oregon and they make a 10 hour commute or a 70 minute flight to and from work. Oh my God. And if, if that sounds crazy, an hour commute. <laughs> yeah, if that sounds crazy, there's also people in Port of Oakland that have been converting shipping containers into living spaces. 
Oh, yeah, by the way, I, I should point out uh, the guy who's uh, part, one of the uh, like like water guys. Um, uh, his name is Mukandi Singh, but it's a white guy who was born Christopher Sanborn, but he took a uh, Sikh name so he can sound more. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. What's his name? Muck in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, so people have been living in shipping containers because it's actually much quicker and cheaper than a traditional house. And it's a lucrative business model for like a lot Where of do they like keep the containers. Land. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. What land? Uh, they, they've had to move it around. That um, I know the guy recently moved it to a warehouse. <laughs> um, the the shipping containers have interior plywood walls, and they're about 160 square feet, and they go nice. anywhere from eight thousand to fifty thousand dollars. There's a really interesting breakdown in the article of like what would cost what, and it compared the size you get compared to a regular apartment which is pretty good. And if that doesn't appeal to you, just buy an RV because it's cheaper to live in an RV and work, like go to work in your car. That's some late stage capitalism bullshit. If I've ever heard. Of yep. Uh, this, this is my favorite part is that reporters are being told that mushrooms will make them better at their jobs and ecstasy will make them nicer. And a high tech executive told a New York times reporter to try DMT because it is the thing to reach the next level of innovation, and you don't throw up that much. A, a tech worker, worker described this as intellectualizing of drug use as a stimulant for the brain. The technique is called microdosing. It's that you take a oh. moment of inspiration and adapt it to capitalism. So people have been... I have, I have heard of that. Yeah. People take very small amounts of hallucinogens. Instead of like going, they take a lot that you just trip balls on them. Mm -hmm. And you just take a little bit throughout the day to like open up your mind <laughs> I, I think we'll do a cocaine in the 80s yep mm. and so hallucinogenic hallucinogenics have been more popular in silicon valley over that cool by the way raw water uh according to men's health it's literally tap water from oregon <laughs> of course and it's charged at 64 dollars for four jugs and the, the last silly thing that i read that's like it's not that big of a deal i thought that was funny is people are buying 1.2 million dollar condos from millennium tower because it's $150,000 below the medium cost in San Francisco. Oh, my or wherever. God. San Francisco, I, from what I've read, from what i heard in the past few years, is, is the most expensive place in the country to yep. live, right? Yes. I, I think not just the country. I think it might be in the world. A, a lot of uh, uh, the big uh, California cities are massive. The property values. I think if you bought like, a house in the 1990s in Los Angeles, you'll have like a million dollars just by doing nothing. Just, yep. by that just from equity. Yeah. yeah. So but the reason this uh, Millennium Tower condos are below the median cost is because the building is sinking and tilting at two inches per year. Oh, that <laughs> minor detail. And it's not too much. You know, 10 years. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like well, so, so far, people, are, they said it's stable. So people are allowed to. And, and that's a very common thing. With the, 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 these, these bloated real estate markets. Part of them bloated because of foreign investors from China using uh, American uh, real estate to hide their offshore money. Because in order to avoid taxes, they buy property here and as an investment, and that's a way to hide their money here. Mm. So, like uh, even even like a cheap like one bedroom apartment house in Los Angeles uh, with like shitty quality uh, roof, shitty uh, uh, everything will cost like a hundred thousand dollars like that. Mm -hmm. So that that's seems crazy. pretty silly and unsustainable. <laughs> Yeah. So it sounds like the entire culture surrounding Silicon Valley is just really stupid. Yeah. There's a huge proportion of the Silicon Valley workers that came and lived there, too. I forget. It's like yeah, a, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's why people are commuting 10 hours to get yeah. there. So what do they do? They, like... It must be for the I, week. They stay there for the whole week, I guess, right? Or, or again, you, you go by plane. It's just 70 minutes. But even then, like, that no. would be... If they're not getting paid that much... Yeah. That's like you can't afford. A I know of someone who would uh, like her her house with her husband was in a different state in like Massachusetts, and she would just stay for the week, uh, have like an apartment in the area, and then on the weekends go up to different state. That's that's part of the reason why I mentioned our previous episode that gas prices help cause the Desert Eight crash mm. because a lot of people are doing Desert Eight too because mm. they're only far away from their their uh, job. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep, not worth it i mean it, uh, it, i mean it yeah. might it probably is yeah. depending on how much yeah that's the thing is that's why it's so expensive there because if if the jobs are so lucrative mm -hmm. people are like i guess i'll take a plane every day average engineer salary is one hundred twenty-four thousand. yeah in san francisco mm, that's true that's fair yeah. but you know i don't i don't think any of us think that's sustainable 
to have people living 10 hour commutes away. Well, it's it's funny because the the person they interviewed for that said that they had lived in the Bay Area for I think like 12 or 20 years and they're like this is much preferable because of mm. just how awful it is living in the Bay Area. Whereas like Oregon's a really nice place. Like sure it's a long drive, but it's like it's so much more like refreshing and healthy. So mm. they just don't want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> So, dear listener, you decide. Silicon Valley, liberal bastion of progressive values or not that at all? You decide. So, thank you for listening. If you want more, you should check out the rest of the Flying Machine Network. I want to mention the Facebook group and the network channel itself. So you should join the Flying Machine Explorers Guild. We have all sorts of fun music conversations and movie conversations and lots of fun pop culture stuff. And it's just, you know, it's a fun place to just hang out. Yeah, if you just want something to, like, look forward to every day on Facebook that's not terrible news. It's like, <laughs> yeah. instead it's like, would you rather be able to teleport or fly? Yeah, and if you do want to look forward to terrible news every day, join our Facebook group. Yep. Oops, I talk oh, to yeah. my issues, or our Discord, and make sure you support the Patreon to get all our bonus episodes. So that's Patreon.com/slash/FlyingMachine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do all that. So thank you all for listening to Oops, I Talk Politics. I've been tacitly supporting the most evils of society. I've been accusing Ryan of being uh, uh, tacitly supporting the evil side of the time. I've been foolishly trying to change my individual actions to help the world. And I just invested in this awesome thing where it can tell me everything that's wrong with me. It's called It's called Twitter. It's called being friends with Sly. Oh, it's called... <laughs> Oops, end of the podcast. I give you the incredible flying machine.